Yes! Over the line! What we've got here is failure to communicate. I want winners. I call that bold talk for a one-eyed fat man. And here are your hosts, RJ Young and Brandon Drum. What's up, you folks? It's RJ Young, Brandon Drum. How you doing, dog? Uh, you you know damn well how I'm doing. <laughs> I, I thought we were going to be able to turn on the mics and just kind of you know let but no we can't because we Brent and I have been talking on the phone for like thirty minutes. Yeah, yeah. And then I was like, oh yeah, look at the time. You got to do this podcast. Um, I hope the audio is better for you all, just oh, so y'all know. Good for everybody God. that is. So we're doing this. Is, Are we doing? Yeah, this? I just I just want everybody to know. I hope the audio is better. We're we're trying some new things. Brandon's please gonna, let us know in the comments in the section. I'm I'm being dead serious. Brandon is going to be bad cop it. tonight. I'm going to be good cop tonight. That's that's how it's going to go. It probably is going to 100% be that way because I'm on oh one of those deals where everybody can go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! All right, so I'm just gonna. But I love it. Not you all is in general the people I'm, listening. I'm gonna so have people the, in general. I'm gonna have the bleep button ready to go tonight because this could get epic. Uh, so Brandon, uh, whew, I'm gonna see how I'm gonna set this up. <laughs> Three sets of eyes recruiting were recruiting. tweeted by the Lincoln Riley, and for those of you that live underneath that particular rock, when Lincoln Riley tweets a set of eye emojis, it is foreshadowing he was given a verbal commitment. Now, in recruiting, the way this works is not like the NBA where we just break other oh. kids' news. What happens is the kid gets to announce whether or not he committed oh. to whomever. And in some cases, it works. Most cases, it works. Honestly, it's like oh. a 95% hit rate. In other cases— RJ's going in on some people right now. Passive-aggressive. In other cases, people botch it. And we, we, will, always, we will always let the internet— have those people we will toss them in the pit in the middle of sparta oh now right. uh, that said hey one set of eyes is accounted for i'm gonna let you take it from here brandon all right so if you're on ouinsider.com vip board you know that we hinted and or told everybody to kind of follow the crystal balls last night um, I guess I didn't word it correctly on the VIP board, and some people were confused by that kind of hint. But that's either here, neither here nor there. And but it's it's, it's, it's the ship is righted on that term. So basically, I put in some crystal balls for what we were told. As for talking to sources, they conveyed conveyed to me that hey, look, this is the people that told Lincoln Riley that they committed. One of them has since changed, but the good news is, is that eyeball is still accounted for because another defensive player who just so happened to be on an official visit committed late, late last night, early this morning, and therefore there is still three commitments, and they're all three really good. So we know Anton Harrison, the fourth star out of Archbishop Christian Academy in uh, is it Baltimore? I don't know. Washington, Archbishop D.C. Carroll. Area. Archbishop Carroll. Carroll. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. National Archbishop Christian Academy Carroll. is. Uh, Nationals. Yeah, is, that, that's a. That's, another recruit. Yes. 
it's gonna be a rough one. This is gonna be yeah, a rough no, one. No. Well, but because I'm laughing because I know what that that, that yep. other recruit is. Yep. Yes, I know. Yes, I. Everybody, know. go ahead and follow and look up that recruit. Right. It's not like we haven't shaded a lot of this, man. Good God. All right, so we just left that one out. <laughs> anyway, so. Um, Yes, so Anton Harrison committed, four-star offensive lineman. He chose Oklahoma over Michigan, uh, Penn State, Texas A&M. You name it, the guy had an offer from it because he was really good. He was a really good player at the opening finals uh, this past summer in uh, July. And shocking. He was a shocking commitment. I mean, you went into this weekend thinking, okay, Oklahoma had a chance with him because they got him on campus. But really, I mean, committing on the spot, that that shocked me. I think it shocked a lot of other people. I had him down as kind of cloudy uh, at the time. But soon, about midway through his visit, I started getting text messages from various sources telling me that they thought it might pop. Um, so the second the first eyeballs popped up, we – had it confirmed really, really quick on OUinsider.com. I know um, there was some struggles from uh, people were commenting on our board that other sites were struggling getting the confirmation. And uh, so that, uh, that, that was that issue. Now, obviously, the second commitment, and I may be flipping these around, but I do know that Harrison was one that was very hard for people to get uh, confirmed outside of, Steve Wilk, Fong, myself, and Brian Doan, uh, the East Coast guy. Um, that the other one is 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 another big time guy that on the offensive side of the ball, um, twenty twenty, and then the third commit, obviously, like we were just talking about previously, is a defensive guy on the twenty twenty side of the ball, and potentially it was <laughs> two of them. They they could have potentially had four commits and four eyeballs out, but. Things happened. Um, I specifically even talked to James Hill and I were actually talking about this exact thing uh, at the post practice uh, this evening. (laughs) And we had heard both heard the exact same thing, which I thought was hilarious about how it all went down uh, with uh, with the eyeballs. Uh, Basically, the kid uh, told Oklahoma he was going to go there and ended up backing out about 10 hours later um but luckily oklahoma and that 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 could be kind of stretched a little bit i think when people are talking to us and and, uh, rj you can probably vouch for this some sources it gets embellished a little bit on how it exactly happened so we do know that he committed the 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 original eyeball the original person for the third set of eyeballs um but he is no longer committed the good news is that somebody else, another 2020 defender came in, and a big-time defender came in, committed last night, and is in place of those eyeballs. So there still is three, two eyeballs out of the three. I hope that makes sense. If not, RJ, help me out here. No, it makes sense. Uh, it also makes more sense when you understand who the third dude was. Yes, and yes. And how likely and that, it that, was that, you know, yes, it was going to happen that, or not. Yeah. So – I, and I, I'm going to explain that on OUinsider.com uh, VIP board why it is such a when, – when the third eyeballs come out, I am going to go in depth and explain 
why this was an issue because there's a big storyline behind the original committee, if that makes sense. It's a huge story. And why it made it such a one of those deals where I was even skeptical of putting it out that I confirmed it and it being a 2020 defensive guy because of just the sensitivity of the matter, I guess. Ah, uh, you could say the sensitivity of the matter, but well, you could the, also like we're talking around this and yeah, I'm sorry, folks. It's we have to. I kind of, I kind of want to, I kind of want to move on if because yeah. I can't. Like if if I'm being we real about it, I would not have even brought up that the kid had committed and then changed his mind because in, in the wash it doesn't matter. It's zero sum. You know, you're like, well, it should have been a four series. Well, you know, yeah. it, I mean, it should have been friggin' 2020 quarterback in the boat. I mean, <laughs> what do you want? You know, like very true. Very it works true. how it works. <laughs> so like it worked out. It worked out great for Oklahoma anyway. So it doesn't matter. Uh, they got somebody that's on the same par as him. Um, so as far on the defensive side of the ball, so, and somebody that a lot of people in the country think has a very high upside. And, uh, when all that goes down, we can explain even further, obviously, but there's a reason why RJ wants to move on because we're really just turning, going around in circles because we can't say much more to that. And that, and I know it sucks for the listener and we apologize, but that's just the nature of the beast, uh, in today's recruiting world, because we're not allowed to do a lot of things and ruin the kid's moment and or, you know, you don't want to throw a kid under the bus, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Last time that it happened in a way that was public was Chris Steele. For those of you that don't know, Chris Steele had originally committed to USC and a guy that had just got a site, publisher, decided he wanted to make his name by breaking Chris Steele's commitment to USC before Chris Steele did. And he was roundly booed. Because he should have been, and then he tried to Who's hide behind kid? providing his 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 members yes. value. To which the members were also like, "Hey, man, it's cool that you know, but what everybody does is shade that they know, so that we can figure it out." Because nobody wants you to ruin the kid's commitment. Because oh, by the way, what usually happens after that is what happened. Chris still decommitted, and a lot of this had mm-hmm. to do with that dude. It matters that yep. much. So if you really want to get upset about something and somebody that did something at a site where you read, then yeah, if they get it wrong or they do not conform to social mores, then yeah, round the boo them. Kind of like, you know, attributing a quote to a defensive coordinator that he didn't say that went to a kid that didn't commit to Oklahoma and ended up committing to Texas. Fight yeah. me. Anyway. Yeah. Now that we well, got, uh, I said now I'm, that we got that, but you got something to add, I'm sure. Yeah, no, 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 no. I'm actually, I'm agreeing with you. Um, the, I, I just want people to understand that when you go about and you ruin a kid's moment like this, you get cut off, man. Like you will get cut off, and it will be, it is hard to get back in that game. Um, uh, example, I during my early years, I broke Austin Kendall's uh, commitment. And I didn't know any better at the time. I mean, I did, but being a new person, you, you do stupid things. Um, I found out via, it's really weird. There was another quarterback that just so happened to be on campus, uh, on his official visit or unofficial visit, sorry. And, uh, I texted him and he said, well, Oklahoma got their guy. And I said, who? 
And he said, some guy from North Carolina. I said, Austin Kendall. And he said, yes. So, of course, I go breaking. Austin Kendall commits to Oklahoma. And, of course, an hour or two later, Austin Kendall announces it. And I can remember feeling like just complete crap for those two hours because that kid had a way he wanted to announce. And he was on vacation with his family at the time at the beach. And that's why he didn't go public at right after he committed. So, I mean, it, it's not a good look, man. And that took me a while to get back into good graces with certain people. Uh, and you have to stay the course and you can't do it. So that's why, I mean, it's, it's either you, and, and, and there's a lot of fun in members chasing after the information that we hint, you know what I mean? So I think that members do find fun in doing that, doing their own investigation. I think that, that kind of covers uh, recruiting, uh, except to say that everything really else has gone well. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't. Do we have a final tally on on the number of recruits that came through? Uh, I, was I think about that there was thirty five to forty. That's total. right, because they didn't, they didn't. Yep. people were like, Louisville had twice as many. Well, like, no, okay, well, fine. I tell you what, go root for Louisville. Quality that Oklahoma. Yeah, that's what, that's what I said. Go go root for Louisville. You see how that works out for you. You go right ahead. Yeah, Bryce Foster loved it. It's going. You want to know what Bryce Foster? I didn't even put this up on the board, and I'm going to tonight. Um, Bryce Foster said that Oklahoma is 100% getting an official from him in the spring, and I said, so you're gonna have? Do you have any other schools that you're 100% sure that you're gonna take an official? And he said, no. He said, I'm still trying to figure it out, but I've always known that I was going to take an official to Oklahoma from day one because I love Coach Biedenbow and Coach Riley. That's go. heady stuff because he's go. one of the best offensive linemen in the country in the 2021 class. Big time stuff. I don't have anything to add on OU Houston that we already that we haven't already talked about except to say Riley said a couple of things at his press conference that I thought were sort of enlightening one is to mm-hmm. talk about the short week because everybody's always interested in how do coaches deal with a short week whether it's in the NFL right, when yeah. they got to play Thursday night games after Sunday games or in college football on the rare occasion that you have to play a Sunday game or a Monday game how do you deal or a Thursday game Oklahoma doesn't have to play a whole lot of Thursday or Friday games but Riley had said it's really just sleep for him and he, he chuckled but it's but it's true because the coaches they lose a day and for the most part, the kids lose a day because Sunday is traditionally the rest day for Oklahoma as they play on Saturday, they rest on Sunday, they get back in their game prep on Monday. They, they worked out and, and practiced on Monday. And he talked about just redoing their schedule even down to the hour just to try to get them maximum amount of recovery before they have to play South Dakota on Saturday. There's also what I thought was really interesting is the idea of you know, Benny Wiley has known that this game is on the schedule since January. He's obviously planned for it since January, and he's going to have a, a huge influence into how they recover because that's also the, the job of a strength and conditioning coach. The other bit that he brought up that I thought was interesting that was, I mean, is kind of recruiting related, but it was the idea behind just how much or how little it matters that they played as many kids as they did because uh, I'm going through the participation report to try to get our red shirt tracker started over at OUNsider.com. And I come across, you know, names that 
most people saw. You know, Jaden Hazelwood, David Uwebu, Marcus Stripling, on and on. The list is at reg.com. At, on, on this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. But people swore up and down things like Theo Weiss. Played, I saw him. And I was like, well, show me because it's not, on, it's not in the report. So right. screen grab, right? Screen grab. Mm-hmm. And then I found this, uh, a better screen grab and I asked the OU spokesman, hey man, uh, seems this Theo Weiss played now i'm only asking because officially need to know because it it matters right because he gets to four games but then he has to make a decision or they have to make a decision about whether or not he's going to redshirt the rest of the season so knowing that he played 26 guys on defense because grinch is still looking for his you know 22 deep i found it interesting Mm -hmm. that they only played six guys on the offensive line all game which is another way of saying Bill Beatonbow has his group, and he's basically trying to figure out whether or not it's going to be R.J. Proctor or Eric Swenson out there. It sounded like it was going to be Eric Swenson at tackle until yep. he got hurt, and then Proctor was going to play where Marquise Hayes ended up playing, which is that <laughs> guard. Yeah, so uh, Beatonbow came out today and said that he felt Swenson's when Swenson came in, the unit actually got better than when R.J. Proctor was at uh, left tackle. So I think – you're going to see a lot more Swinson. And I also think uh, starting this week, you'll see a lot more Bray Walker. Um, I think you'll see a lot more uh, Michael Thompson getting a chance, Finley Felix. Um, Guys like that are going to get some playing time. And that's how he's going to work. We all know that Bill Beatonbow, the first game, he never really plays a whole lot of offensive line. He never has. But starting from games two to like four or five, he plays a lot, and then by game like five or six, he has a seven, eight, nine guy rotation that he plays, and that's who you see the rest of the year. And he really works to make sure that they're meshing and they're doing all that kind of stuff. So I would be willing to bet that they're they're playing these certain guys in practice with the units, trying to get them to mesh, and then he's going to throw them out in game time and see what he can do with it. And if it doesn't work, he'll have to go in another, another direction, but Usually, he has a pretty good idea and a pretty good uh, pulse on what is uh, going on with these offensive line, obviously, being that they've won the Joe Moore Award and has had so many guys drafted pretty highly in the NFL. So I trust what he's doing, uh, and I think the offensive line as a whole played pretty well, even though Bill Biedenboe didn't really want to come out and say that tonight when we talked to him. Yeah, and I, I also thought that, you know, this spoke volumes about what it means to play for Bill Biedenboe, especially knowing that there are now four offensive linemen commits in this 2020 class, and the offensive line is the strength of the class. And while that's not sexy, it's very interesting and cool because you got Noah Nelson, Nate Anderson, Andrew Raymond, now Anton Harrison there. But one of the things that you know about Bill Biedenboe is he's not going to play true freshman. He just ain't going to do it. And the glass right. redshirt freshman that he played was Creed Humphrey. And this time last year – we had Lincoln Riley say the most talented player on our team is not Kyler Murray. 
It's Creed Humphrey. So right. it takes that much talent and even a year of seasoning to be a starter for Bill Biedenboe, whereas at Texas A&M, Sam- Kenyon Green Samia started was a true as a true freshman. freshman. Samia yeah, started Samia as a true freshman? Was, yeah, 2015. I thought he's redshirt. Yeah. No, I'm pretty positive he was a freshman. Okay. Uh, uh, true. But he was it. But outside of Orlando Brown and Samia, that was it, man. Well, Brown right. was on scout He team. doesn't. Uh, 2015, he was a redshirt freshman uh, on, in 2015. That's where he uh, started to get his uh, feet wet a little bit. Um, he was a scout team as a freshman, came back as a redshirt freshman and started because it shocked Bill Biedenboe himself. He's admitted that. Uh, just because Orlando worked really hard. Well, I'm looking at after that. after uh, even even knowing that, right? Let's 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 count yeah. the number of true freshmen that played for Bill Biedenboe. Oh hell, there's not very many. Right, and Kenya Green, and <laughs> Green is starting at A and M, right? And Oklahoma Correct. has been in battles with A and M and Georgia of late for offensive linemen, right? And mm-hmm. what he's not going to tell you is that you're going to come here and play. He's going to tell you that you're going to be here for a bit while you get better and you get whittled into the kind of guy that gets drafted at the top of the draft, right? So mm-hmm. when people ask things like, yo, man, why doesn't Bill Biedenboe just put together a class of five-star offensive linemen every year because do you, do you see what product he's putting out? You're saying to a 17-year-old, hey, child who's been playing football for 14 years straight, and who loves football, and who is used to being the best football player at his position, you're not going to play this year. And you're probably not going to play next year, if we're being honest about it. You're going to sit, you're going to practice, you're going to lift, but you're not going to play meaningful stats for two years. Those kids will tell you, please, I want to go where I'm going to play. And you'll say, hey, 17-year-old, think about what your life could look like in five years, to which they'll you remember being 17, you were stupid too, right? You didn't know anything, even as you thought you knew everything. You were just stupid. And you're going to do what you want to do, especially when you're as talented, as gifted as some of these kids are. And I don't blame them, quite honestly, because I would want to play. Like if somebody told me, hey, RJ, uh, we want you to do a, we want you to do a radio show, or we want you to do a TV show, right? But we want you to do Mm -hmm. it in two years. We want you to spend two years just, you know, getting reps, making YouTube videos nobody ever sees, doing a radio show nobody ever listens to. I would tell you to kick rocks, and I'm 32. I would tell you, I would flip you the bird and walk away because you just decided to tell me that I can't do the one thing in life that I really love doing. I have so much fun doing and that I work so hard to be in a position to do. No, to hell with that. What? Biedenboe's pitch is his pitch because this is the way he knows how to do it. And I think yeah, that's I, that's worth that's worth un, just just putting underneath every single commit he gets. Because yeah, Andrew Rame should be a five star. He probably end up will end up a five star, but when you're looking at those kids, remember that those kids want to play. And there are people that are gonna say to them straight up, you can come here and play tomorrow. Bill Bebo ain't gonna do that. No, uh, you, you're 100% correct. He he does not sugarcoat anything. He tells it like it is. and But you know the one thing he does is he builds mentally tough 
guys that make it in the next level and or make it in life in general. You don't hear a lot of guys coming from Bill Biedenboe's tutelage and coaching uh, not being somewhat successful, whether it's in whatever career choice they do or in the NFL, because uh, it's I think it's just him as a person, him as a human being, uh, his teaching, his his philosophy on life, his understanding of the kids. He's hard on the kids, but he also is loving on the kids. And you hear that from everybody that plays with him. So I, I, I think you can pretty much hit the nail on the head as far as what he is as a coach, whether it's playing time, whether it's off the field stuff, you're not going to come in and be the guy underneath him. You have to earn your stripes. And that's what makes the offensive line so successful. I want to talk a bit about what we can expect from South Dakota and what we can expect from OU versus South Dakota, because the jokes are already out there about how many points the team is going to score. And and that's, you know, fun, but I did this I did this longer interview with the sideline reporter for USD, mascot of the Coyotes, for those of you that don't know. And he talked about how they're coming into it and what they feel. And we talked a bit about FCS football and what that means. I, it was really good, and I thought it was interesting enough to, to bring at least the discussion here because they're getting paid $575,000 to come down here and basically get their butts kicked. And then go home, and that money's going to help fund right. their, their programs, like not just football, but everything. It matters that much that they play these sorts of games. That said, I would expect to see Tanner Mordecai sooner rather than later, and I would love to see Spencer Rattler. And I think that's what you're selling, but you can't sell up your Lincoln Riley. Is you're going to ask people to to pay pay per view money to get an early glimpse of Spencer Rattler in a Sooners gear, and yet. Probably not going to see outstanding football. Probably going to see lots of running the ball, lots of eating up the clock when OU's up four or five touchdowns. Because if that's not what you see, so their heads will roll. Like that was the other thing I was thinking. If if you won this game by three touchdowns, do you think Oklahoma is satisfied? Do you think Lincoln's going to walk into that postgame presser and not be hot? Imagine, imagine taking three overtimes. <laughs> To beat South Dakota. You think Lincoln Rye is going to be happy? No. I think he'll be embarrassed. Um, and rightfully so. I think that Oklahoma will play Rattler. I think they will play Mordecai. And I think they will play uh, each pretty evenly. I Look, I, here's how I think it's going to play out. And I kind of discussed this on uh, our show, or my show on 105.3 CBS Sports Radio in Oklahoma City, the I was talking to Charles Thompson, and, and he kind of agreed with me. He thinks, look, they're going to play Jalen Hurts throughout the whole first half. He's going to start the second half, and they're going to let him play a series just to continue to keep their their groove, just uh, the, everything, the timing, everything, just to keep everything smooth and running because they know they're going to pull, pull him probably after that first series, obviously barring some catastrophic, ridiculous Thing that happens in Oklahoma isn't just pounding uh, South Dakota. So um, then you'll see Mordecai, and I think you'll see Mordecai play probably the last 10 minutes of the third quarter and probably the first two minutes of the fourth quarter. And then you'll probably see Rattler the last 
you know, eight, nine minutes of the, the fourth quarter on. And I think that's the right way to handle it because you give both of them playing time. You give Mordecai a little bit more because he is your number two guy, but you also let Rattler go out there and do his thing. Uh, giving him less time allows you to control the narrative somewhat because it is going to be scary if Rattler goes out there and slings that bad boy around and throws for 200 yards in the fourth quarter because they're going to allow him to throw some. I mean, that's just the, that's just what they're going to do. You are going to allow that youngster to get out there, get some uh, confidence playing in front of a big crowd, and that's and then people are going to stick around because they want to see the number one quarterback in the country from the 2019 class come in and see what he can do, see if the height, Mr. QB1, can do it. We know he can, RJ, but for everybody else that hasn't seen it, they want to see it, and that's where everybody's going to stick around why they're going to buy the pay-per-view. So Riley, really, for politics alone and optics, he's going to have to play. I think so. I, w- I would hope so. Um, I would also hope to see Marcus Major. Yes, uh, he was injured. Yeah, week, yeah, yeah, but but not severely so. Um, mm-hmm. I would I would like to see perhaps uh, the rest of the 2019 class play as much as they possibly can. Um, I don't expect to see Marcus Hicks. Um, just no, hammy. that poor kid. Yeah, the the hammy is is a big deal. Um, I asked. I w- they figured out why though. Right. They figured out why. Right. That's the good news. Right. Yeah. Uh, did, speaking of Charles, did Charles tell you about the Indianapolis Colt Scout that started chatting yes. me up? Yes. Okay. Yeah, he said we, that that we, guy. We need to talk about that off air. Just. Okay. I just. Oh no no no! I, I wasn't going to get into that part. Okay. So gonna, okay. <laughs> no. Um. Anyways. Yeah, he just said that he they think that uh, Kenneth Kenneth Murray could go play right now. Uh, and they think he's a potential first-rounder. So for all the uh, haters out there of Kenneth Murray, uh, pro scouts disagree with you. I <laughs> am vindicated so, so, as hell. So, yeah, let's say so does RJ. Uh, RJ. RJ and Brandon have been over here pounding our fist on this for the last year, and everybody laughs at us. We're man, like, dude, we're not stupid. So I, Look, yeah. look, look. I don't know a lot of things, but I know the game of football. It's where I'm gonna leave it. All right, I I know football. By the way, I don't know about you, but I'm a <clears throat> I'm a I'm 14 and five against the spread, dog, and I am I am killing people straight up. What what did, did, do we have the record from last week? No, no, I'm talking. But yes, we we do. But I'm also talking about across radio, YouTube, and oh, and yeah. OUI. I was I'm destroying okay. people. Like my only my only outright losses are Boise State. Who came back from 18 down? Good God! Mm-hmm. I took a bad spread loss when friggin' BT Potter kicked a 51-yard field goal in the fourth quarter with with 6:23 left to play to beat Georgia Tech by 38 when the spread's 37. And I oh, took, wow. right, and I took a bad L with Memphis because I picked Memphis to win and Ole Miss to cover, and Ole Miss gave up a late safety. And the line was four and a half. Memphis wins fifteen to ten. Yep, I cover. I got. I got. So I missed the FSU one. Uh, I missed. I got Auburn right. I got Texas was the one I missed because I thought they would overlook. Oh no! And I, they yeah, barely. Yeah, they barely covered the dang spread. I was so mad. And then and then, and then Notre Dame loves your boy because they they they, they were on the nose. Thirty five. 17 yeah. spread was 18. Nah, like I only took 
Yeah, I've only taken a couple out right now. It's better to be good. Better to be lucky than good sometimes, man. Hey, man, I'm shooting for for 90% straight up and 70% against Ooh. the spread. Cause I'm just, you should I, be going to Vegas, homie. Hey, man. You're doing that. Call me John Anthony. All this man does is work out and pick winners. You ready for this? Yeah. If is the most original and heartfelt movie in years. Magic like this comes around once in a lifetime. This Friday, experience it with your whole family. Can we do it again? If. Ready PG. <laughs> um, so, Taking over the fat jack call line. Hey, no, look, look. Uh, we did our, our celebrity golf tournament on my radio station. The fat jack was hitting tee shots on a par three, and I'm sitting at the hole. Dude was throwing darts. Okay. Just, wow. just darts. They say he's pretty good. No, he's. Good he, I do not, do not play that man for money. I'm telling you. He will, he will <laughs> empty your friggin' pockets. Like six feet from the holes type stuff, dog. Just darts. Wow. Yeah, and it was like, wow. yo. And I said, what were you using, 9-iron? And it's like 160 yards away. It's like, That's pretty impressive. Come on. Yeah, don't don't mess with the fat jack. That dude messes. Yeah, I, anyway. Um, did, is there something else you want to get to? Because I know we got to cut this one short because RG's got to yeah, um, Yeah, I'm sorry, man. Uh, just one last thing. I wanted to talk a little bit about um, the wide receivers, the young wide receiver, Jane Hazelwood. Cool, cool. Two, two catches, yeah. 26 yards, right? Yeah, in Charleston Rambo, I thought. Said we were Rambo, sleeping on him. Yeah, I asked him if, if we were woke, if everybody was woke now. Um, he didn't really talk much. He's, he's not really good in front of the cameras just yet. He'll get better. It's because he's, he hasn't really been asked to talk in front of the cameras all too much just yet. But he reminds me of CD kind of when he first started. CD was rough. It was a rough interview. Now he's a great interview. Um, but that kid is one of those kids you cheer for because he's had so many ups and downs. People pretty much wrote him off there for a little bit because he was dropping wide open passes that could have been touchdowns from Baker, from Kyler, everybody. Then last year, the Big 12 title, all it took was a little banana route, a six route going across the middle. And he catches it, gets the first down on a big third down play. You call it a gets that, route. I call it a damn dig, and it's a hard as hell. Well, I, to run. A, a dig is a cut in, yes. not a rounded out. But a six I mean, route it was, is it was a, dig. a rounded out. Oh well, we had a different number for our route trees. You didn't run digs, did you? Yeah, we did, but they were a four route because you had to you had to plant and cut in. The dig route was a plant and cut in. Like it was an in route, hard in route. Anyways, um, so. He made those two catches, obviously, in the Orange Bowl. He made that big catch. And then he goes out there during the pro day and looks. And he, he did so well in the pro day. And, yes, he was going to go up against air. But people are talking about him because you could tell he was super fast. The pro scouts were like, who is this kid? Um, all this type of stuff. And uh, he looked really good running routes for Kyler, catching the ball. Looked very fast. Obviously, he runs a 4-3-40. And he's somebody that has to be successful for Oklahoma this year, because if he's not, you're not going to have very many guys that can stretch the field. He's it, guys. He is your fast guy in this class or in this in this year, 2019 season. So um, he's filling in yeah. for Hollywood. Well, the D.D. Westbrook stretch the. Uh, okay, look, I'm, I'm as far as stretching the field, that's where he yeah, is uh, the guy. I'm also just going to say that you ain't going to need to stretch the field very often for Jalen Hurts because he still can't make that pass. 
You don't think so? I, I look. You saw what I saw. Okay. On the run. Yeah, I got that to, one. On yeah. the run to his right. Blown coverage. Yeah. He found CD. Cool. But you know what? There were two passes. One, he just flat out missed to his left, and the other, CD, <laughs> C, CD, <laughs> CD comes off the post or uh, excuse me, uh, the flag, and he looks up and he goes, "Wait, who, why were you throwing it over there? Like I was, I'm wide open underneath." Yeah. And I was going, "Yeah, dog, you were wide open." And when Jalen's talking about we were sloppy and we got to do better, those are the kind he's of talking things he's talking to, about. Yeah. I think he'll eventually get to the but point But you said where, stretch yeah. the field, and I'm like, yo, you you talking yeah, like the dude but, with the baseball arm is, is throwing four, like to the dude with 4-2 speed, and that ain't Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is an yeah. outstanding quarterback, and obviously in the Heisman conversation in a very real way, but he ain't going to be throwing no 50-yard bombs like that. Not, he not will like a that. couple of times. I think he will. He'll, he'll complete some this year. I Enough do. to make people have to – I think he'll complete enough. I'm not saying he's going to be but Kyler look, or Baker. Look, man, all I'm, I'm saying enough is to make you have to prepare for it. Flood, flood, flood to the left side. Flood, flood routes all day. Flood to the left side <laughs> is going to be his nemesis, and if Lincoln ever calls it, I'm going to be shocked. But like, all yeah. you, I mean, I would just run cloud and bracket the left side and say, or bracket the right side and say, yo, man, there it is. If you can throw it, fine. But I don't think you can throw it. Okay, well, gonna finish my Charleston Rambo. Please go rant ahead. Here. Yes, yes. Okay. He also we'll we'll call it a dig route for RJ. Little banana banana routes are different, but we'll do it. it depends on how you run them. Um, he a little rounded off in route he ran, and he made that where he turned up the field and got shoelace tackled. Uh, nobody else on the team is turning up the field and going. 30 yards downfield as fast as he was and barely getting caught by a safety that already had 15 yards on him, head start to try to catch him because he's that fast. He's a 4-3-5 laser time 40. He has got to be successful. He has got to be your Hollywood this year. He doesn't have to be as productive as Hollywood because there's plenty of other guys on the team like Grant, Calcaterra, obviously C.D. Lamb. The two All-Americans are going to be there. Lee Morris needs to be found a little bit more often. Uh, Jaden Hazelwood looks like he's going to be the real deal. I know it's one game, but no, I had an we Alabama buddy that kind of stuff last year. Yes, we were. Dudes. We already know Jaden Hazelwood's going to be good. Everybody's been talking about him since he showed up on campus. But and I think Trajan Bridges, once he gets his opportunity and catch some balls, he's going to. I think Theo Weiss, this will not be his year. I think we can both agree that this will probably not be his year. I think next year is going to be where Theo Weiss really is going to shine. And it's not because of lack of talent or anything. He did struggle a bit to start the fall camp, but he picked it up really well. Um, he's going to be really good. There's just so much depth at the wide receiver spot that any kind of hiccup and struggle in play is going to get you set back to the fact that A.D. Miller's out there catching the ball. <laughs> That's what I mean. A.D. freaking Miller. Come on, man. Uh, like when Lincoln was saying they were thin at that spot, I I just like thin how? And then you saw A.D. Miller and Theo Weiss at that X spot, and you're like, oh, you really don't trust Jaden Hazelwood to play X? Okay. Oh, Jaden, Jaden, I had a buddy, my Alabama buddy, calls. Uh, he texted me after that play, and he said that that play reminded him of uh, Jerry Judy as a freshman. He's a he's okay. had season tickets. Uh, okay. 
He has season tickets at Alabama okay. since he was a, right. a kid. Yeah, all right. So, yeah, everybody reminds everybody of the Bulindikoff Award winner. And, yeah, yeah, well, you if know, Jaden Hazel would get what? to that extent. You know, I'm... I'm I'm just I'm just I'm just gonna tell you right now, okay, Brandon. Uh, the, the 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 fella that did I swear he for doesn't Lord, talk like that. I He's swear for Lord. Well. I swear for Lord. Lee 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 Morris is the second coming of 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 of, of, of Keith. Uh, 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 Shannon Sharp. See. I just uh, to hell with that man. You pull a cop no, out. No, I, I see. I see. Don't pull a cop talking. out of your butt and then bring it. Uh, people do that to me all the time. It drives yeah, me up no, a but wall. I, I'm not. I'm not comparing comparing him, but I can see how that play would remind me. Kenneth Murray Jr. is Zach Thomas. I swear to God. Yeah, no. <laughs> Can't just be Kenneth Murray Jr. I, dog. I thought you were supposed to be the good cop. I'm supposed to be the bad cop. We just switched roles in the middle. Yeah, of the well, we we went from recruiting to team play and you're much more optimistic about team play than I am and I'm much more optimistic about recruiting than you are so like it works because I look at I, I look man people ask me for comps all the time for instance I'm not you, a good comp guy I hate comps uh I I, I I like comps I just don't like telling people comps because then they start trotting them out and then I get people that are coming to remember me. what you said about him oh god <laughs> friggin David Pollock was a fullback people he was a fullback. He was committed and signed as a fullback to Georgia. He played defensive tackle when he got there, and then they moved him out to end. They played him at tackle because they were so thin at tackle. Then they moved him out to end where he was, yeah. So nobody knows diddly squat, all right, except the people that are looking at that guy going, you know what I think that kid could do? I think that kid could do this. And I get that you think you're one of those people that can walk up to a person and tell them what they're going to do, but since you don't have a headset, no. No, you don't. Yeah. You don't. And we could tell you what we think his comp is, and we could tell you, like many were saying over and during the spring, that Kenneth Murray Jr. needs to play rush in. Sit down, sit, sit, sit down. You know what? I gotta go to bed. Uh, let, let's <laughs> okay. let's let's end it. All right. All right. Uh, subscribe to OUinsider.com podcast presented by OUinsider.com. Uh, you know what? Click on all the stuff. Yeah, just, just we do actually that. have just, a lot of stuff just, on there. Just do that. Just, just free and VIP. Just go through, clicking through, click all the stuff. Click all the stuff. You Read know, it. You'll like it. Yeah, and you know where we are on the Twitters. You know. Yep. Yeah, just click RJ through all the stuff. Underscore Young, Brandon two four, Brandon Drum two four seven. Yeah. OU two four seven. There you go. And and don't look for me on Facebook because y'all have y'all, accounts, but I'm not. Yeah. Here. Well, good God. <laughs> Don't get RJ on Facebook. All right. Um, <laughs> now he knows I really want to go. Uh, yeah. Um, anyways, y'all have a blessed night. Sorry for my rant to start it. It was all jokes anyways, people, so don't take it so seriously. Um, I know because there's going to be some people on the board that are like, he told us to go to hell. I'm joking. So, yeah. Anyways. I'm going to hit the stop button now. Okay. <laughs>